Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with one of our new guest hosts, Brian Lau, and he comes to us with a background in uh, consulting and and strategy and uh, a little bit of business and a whole bunch of other stuff mixed in. So, Brian, if you can share a little bit about what you're doing now, and then we'll go back in time with uh, what you were like as a kid. So what are you up to these days, Brian? Sure. Hey, hey, Lucky. It's great great to be here. Thanks for having me. what I'm doing now, I, so I, I currently live, live in the Bay Area. I, I grew up in, in Toronto, and so I'm working at HP, um, and I'm a part of the Future of Work team. And I'm focused on I'm product manager, focused on strategy and product. And a lot of the work that I'm doing is really thinking about evaluating new concepts and ideas, um, given you know a lot of the change that's ha- happening in the world. You know, many, many companies are always constantly thinking about um, you know, what things that you can involve with and uh, what I work with teams, uh, engineering teams, a lot of broad range of teams to figure out where HP should go in terms of offering specifically around the, the future of work. And that's, it's a big topic to many different pe- people. So, sounds good. And that's uh, the San Francisco Bay area, not the Toronto Bay area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. San Francisco Bay area not in the US and so, yeah. Sil- Silicon Valley. That's right. Oh, perfect. So, so if we rewind and go back in time and ask, like, what was Brian like as a kid? So, were you always interested in strategy and innovation and things like that, or, or did you have like a slightly different childhood? So, what was uh, Brian like <laughs> as a kid? Early fond memories? Uh, any of those that you could share? Yeah, yeah. Um, pro- if I'm honest, probably wasn't thinking of pursuing strategy and product <laughs> when I was when I was younger. Uh, believe it or not, I was actually a really shy kid uh, growing up. Um, Generally, a lot of my family is, and uh, no surprise, I was also. I uh, was scared to talk to adults, scared to talk to others in general. Uh, but, you know, that I, I eventually grew out of it coming out of my shell, um, and I'll get to that in a bit. But I was a curious kid, if I remember that correctly. Um, always with lots, lots, lots of questions. Um, <laughs> and uh, generally, like, you know, as I was growing up, also just as, as a kid growing up in Scarborough, trying to trying to fit in. Um, so it's was a great place to to have a as a kid from Chinese heritage and growing up in Canada was a great place to do that and find find your way um, but I came out of my shell a little bit probably um, closer to middle school um, my mom put me in one of these like leadership camps with this uh, uh, with the city of Toronto and it's like where you you get trained to lead summer camps okay. and so they, they, they teach you a lot of like stuff and force you to do a lot of activities and I think that started getting me out of my comfort zone, but really kind of taught me a lot of skills that it was kind of a journey from there to make it more comfortable to, to do, do these things. Can you recall one of the most memorable or interesting or maybe nerve wracking, like thing, examples of uncomfortable and out of your shell that, that you can remember in, in that camp? Yeah, you know what? Um, similar to the camping. So the, the camp was a start. And then as I, I always swam as a kid as well, my, my brother and I, we were put in swimming lessons. And it's funny, my mom was always like, we'll put you in activities. But as we got older, she's like, okay, we're going to keep you in activities that at least you can make money for yourself when you need to. So like, okay. we're going to keep you in swimming. So I was a lifeguard and a swimming instructor, um, gradually kind of migrated to that for my first role. And I do remember the first time I completed a similar course um, to teach having to teach my first class was actually super nerve wracking. And I remember I was teaching probably seven or eight year olds and I was probably way more nervous than those. I mean, cause I was, I remember I had to tell them what to do and I, 
I don't know what's in my head now, but I remember being super, super nervous, constantly looking at my notes, telling them to swim across to the other side. And every time I asked them to do something, they, they would just do it. And eventually I realized, you know what? It's not that bad. <laughs> so just kind of getting over that initial hurdle and realizing ah, a lot of it is just, just over your head or in your head. And, it's, and, in, it's in your head. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, doing something for the first time or doing something completely out of your comfort zone, you're always often, we're always our own harshest critic and we're always worried about what others may think. But oftentimes if they don't know any better, they're looking to you as the expert. whatever you tell them likely um, is probably going to be useful for them because they're there to learn from, from you. <laughs> yeah. When you have that, uh, the clipboard, the whistle or whatever. <laughs> some, uh, Looking level. very authoritative, <laughs> which uh, you didn't yeah. feel at the time. Yeah, for sure. So what were some of the, the, the influences along the way? So it was your curious kid swimming, some leadership stuff. Um, and then how did you ultimately like navigate into, into the area you're in? So there's probably a bunch of steps along the way. Um, <laughs> what, what were some of the influences that, that kind of got you uh, like parents, family, friends, or, or uh, different experiences? Yeah, I think uh, a general theme that kind of overarched my, my entire kind of life, I guess, and kind of led me, if I were to think about it, to where I am now and where I'm interested in um, was my parents were always big proponents of education and learning. And that was, you know, common in, in the household growing up. You know, there's a lot of Discovery Channel and History Channel playing in the <laughs> background or whatnot. Uh, watch a lot of documentaries and I watched a lot of Sesame Street, stuff like that. Um, I, re- I remember when I was younger, would regularly go to the library with my mom. And so tell me to pick books. And um, she sent send me back if the book wasn't uh, challenging enough. <laughs> but there's, it was just kind of a, a thing that was very common. Always wanted to be cu- had the curiosity, I guess, that I was mentioning earlier. Um, and, you know, similarly as well, like my, my dad, my dad studied engineering at, at U of T actually as well. And so it's one of the main reasons why I chose to go there. But over the over the years, like I just viewed like learning and education as something that nobody can take away from you. Um, and I just kind of continued to continue to kind of keep that in, in, in the back of my mind. And I've had a chance to kind of meet folks from all different walks of life, uh, from different backgrounds, whether it's through personal travel or work. And through that, with all the learnings, I've been able to kind of see that success can come in many different ways. And so that's kind of been like big influences on me, kind of like challenging you to think differently on how things can get done or, you know, what's, what's possible, even though, you know, in your, you know, your little bubble growing up, you may not necessarily think it is. Oh, sounds good. So you're growing up and then you're in like, like high school or something, and you have to ultimately pick uh, where you want to go for, for a college university. So it seems like that university is always the default path. If, if your dad mm-hmm. was there, you kind of have to go to <laughs> college or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but how, how did you, how did you kind of navigate your way? Were, were you pretty good at certain subjects? Did you have uh, other people influencing you along the way? How, how was that path? <laughs> Yeah, my dad, you know, for him studying at U of T, like, I think he had always wanted uh, my brother and I to pursue engineering. So growing up, I guess, nurturing, trying to nurturing all the all the the, skill sets you might need. Um, And that was a plan for a long time, even going into high school, like I was interested, I was always kind of growing up and still very interested in cars. I always thought I'd kind of work in the automotive industry in some sense, maybe be an automotive engineer. Um, but as I, I was going into high school, you know, kind of getting involved in more activities and, and thinking through more things, taking different subjects, um, A, I found some of the sciences especially challenging. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, you can take all, all the core courses that you would need to kind of go, go into engineering. But at the same time, I just found myself gravitating to a lot of the business um, courses that I was taking um, and genuinely just thought, you know, there's a decision point where I had to be like, okay, well, I have to think about 
what do I actually want to do? And looking into university programs when I was looking, it was time to apply, um, I just found that I resonated with a lot of the business programs. And fortunately for me, uh, my parents have always been supportive in terms of my brother and I picking something that we're interested in versus um, doing something that they want me to do. And so uh, I'm, I'm lucky in that sense. I'm sure my dad was just disappointed at the end. My brother and I didn't, neither of us went into engineering, <laughs> but we're, we're both happy with the paths that we took. And this, this is younger brother or older brother? Oh, older brother. He's, uh, he's three years older. Yeah. And, and he went business as well. So he kind of paved the way he, that. He actually, he actually uh, became an urban planner. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was funny. Like I, I joke with him for a long time. Uh, we, 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 growing up, we played the game SimCity. I don't know if you played it when you, when um, you're younger, but that was a game that he really loved and really played a lot. And it was almost like a, a foreshadowing or a hinting of that because he loved doing that, he ended up pursuing it. And he's, he's a planner to this day. Yeah. That's amazing. So what, what was the conversation like with, with dad uh, to kind of break the news to him? <laughs> that, sorry. <laughs> yeah, number one didn't go for the engineering and, and number two isn't either. Like, did you recall uh, having to do that or, or was it just? Yeah, I mean, I remember a couple of conversations. I think I think my dad was probably in denial <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I think it was kind of just he, he didn't. And, and I respect a lot because he didn't want to influence my decision. Both my parents didn't want to influence our decision, but you can tell they, they were encouraging, you know, they're, you know, with all the sciences, you know, the, it's great career paths to take if you go into engineering, which is true. It's not wrong. Um, definitely learned that, especially being at Deloitte afterwards and working with a bunch of engineers. Um, but they're, they're kind of like, they asked a lot of questions, right? It's like, well, what do you want to do with it? What exactly is interesting to you? And then, you know, made me think, <laughs> forced me to think about like what I would do with it and made sure I understood like the career paths that were possible. And I wasn't just kind of being influenced by my friends who were going into, into the programs or whatnot. And so after having numerous conversations around back and forth, they're like, you know, they came back to the, that overall theme of saying, hey, if, um, if this is something you want to do, you're the one who's going to have to study that you're the one who's going to have to work the careers and you're the one who's trying to live the life. So we were supportive. Sounds good. So it sounds like that. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of nudging and maybe a little bit of <laughs> awe. You sure about that? But uh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like they, 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 they let you go on your way. So. Uh, so, yeah. so now you're, you're in business school uh, and, and then you ultimately, well, at some point get into consulting and uh, strategy and, and, and tech and stuff of like that. But uh, was, was that on the was that on the radar in, in first year? Like, or were you on the accounting, a lawyer finance path as, as most typical uh, business students? Uh, what, what was that kind of journey like? <laughs> yeah, it was quite a journey at, at, um, at, you know, UT Scarborough, like there was a lot of different paths. It's very common in the business program. And as you, you probably know, a lot of folks like to, to choose accounting. And um, I'm not sure that's still to this day, but it was very common. Uh, the, the firms recruited heavily there. And so that was kind of my thought as well, like definitely similar to my parents telling us like how many great opportunities engineers have. Like as I was learning about uh, accounting, there's hearing a lot of firms talk about how great the opportunities were. And so that was a thought of, at first. Um, but at the same time, you know, as I was taking the courses and as I was going through, I was, I was enjoying like some of the other courses I was taking as well. And I was trying to understand, okay, what else is there to do out there? And I was fortunate to be part of the co-op program. So I did have a chance. I did a, a co-op um, term in corporate communications. I did a corporate corporate communications term and I also did one in product marketing. Um, so I got to try different things, which I was kind of interested in. And, you know, the, the roles were interesting at the time. And my parents at the time were saying, if you don't know what you want to do, just try things. And so that was great advice um, because at least at the very least, you'd find out what you don't like. <laughs> so um, I, I just, at the time, I think it was that decision point. I'm thinking like, I have to commit to an internship and then eventually kind of go to um, my, my full-time job. And I was concerned that if I had pick accounting, I wasn't hundred percent sure if that's 
what I want to do then. And you know, the path is pretty structured for the CPA CA route uh, where you have to do all your hours and whatnot. And so a lot of my friends had picked that and I just wasn't, so something about it just didn't feel like I was ready to kind of commit to that. So I entertained a lot of things. I, yes, also had thought about applying to law school, um, talked to a bunch of lawyers as well to kind of get a sense of what the day in life was like, what the, the, uh, the process was. That was very eye-opening. <laughs> so I was uh, essentially a little lost for the first couple of years. Um, but eventually, you know, it was really funny. Um, Lloyd actually did an info session in my third year. And they, I think it was the first time they had done a consulting info session on, on campus. And that was the first time I learned about consulting. And it was, you know, the way it was positioned was you work on a lot of different problems and you can um, work across industries and you can try a lot of different things and you can learn a lot of different skill sets. And so that's what piqued my interest. Went down a rabbit hole researching and then started saying, well, I, maybe I want to try that. <laughs> That sounds good. And, and, and how was that, that hiring process? So you, so by that time you're what third, fourth year. So you have yeah. a little bit of runway or is it just like, no, I'm graduating next month. <laughs> it, it was, it was a uh, third year if I remember correctly. And so it was kind of late already. Um, and I was, and I just, just learned, think about it. I just learned about it. I didn't even know it existed right. uh, embarrassingly, <laughs> um, but it was interesting to me. So I started looking around to see like, even, even at U of T, is there a way to kind of learn more? And so there actually is like a university of Toronto consulting and association um, that was, you know, we were at the Scarborough campus, but it was based out of the downtown campus and St. George. Um, and I decided to apply to be a part of it because they do this kind of volunteer consulting group where you get a chance to kind of be led by a, uh, a consultant that's kind of like your, your um, project leader. And then they kind of mentor you through doing a project for community or organizations. And then, so it was, it was a great opportunity, ironically, also someone from, from Deloitte um, who is kind of coaching us through it. But it kind of solidified my interest to kind of do the kind of work that was being done. Um, I had applied like most uh, folks will do for their, their regular um, campus recruitment. Mm -hmm. I didn't get in. Um, okay. It was, I remember that it was uh, disappointing uh, where I was hoping I graduated off stream. I took a summer off. I had to kind of backpack a little bit. So I kind of graduated off stream. So the recruiting was a little off. And so I just ended up talking to as many companies as I could research, you know, all the different firms out there and kind of did cold calling and cold emailing and resumes and had a couple of interviews. And eventually um, I was between um, two firms, one of them being Deloitte, and I ended up taking an offer at Deloitte, but it was for a different role. They had called me back for a different role, and it was in their kind of working for the chief information officer in the project management office and um, doing a bit of IT strategy work. So I started off there and um, ended up kind of doing a whole bunch of different roles at, at the firm over, over the next decade. <laughs> cool. So, so what I took from that is uh, take some time over the summer and, and take it off because that's probably one of the few times that you actually get to do that <laughs> so for those yeah. that are in that situation if they have that luxury obviously it, it's not necessarily available for everyone but if you can it sounded like that would probably be a good experience and maybe we'll dig into that in a future episode and then afterwards like yeah, the, the um kind of hustling and, and cold calling networking it sounds like that that was kind of one of your keys to, to landing, uh, well, two offers and then, and then ultimately choosing one of them. Uh, so it sounds like that that was the path. And, and then we'll, we'll probably go to that in, 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 a, in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, does that sound about right? Uh, or, or are there other things? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, for, for me, because I'm in the co-op program and for those who aren't familiar, 
you're generally giving up your summer summers to kind of do uh, job search and to kind of yeah. do help they help you find internship programs. And because I was knowing that, I was like, well, you're either work or study, work or study. <laughs> and I was thinking, like from my university experience, I was like, there's a couple of other things that I wanted to do as well. And you know, talk to folks. I did talk to folks that took time off. I know in the, in the UK, it's very common or in Europe, take gap years and kind of to do things, to backpack, to travel, or to to do something else, to start your own business. And so I thought. Um, there wasn't a lot of course selection for the particular summer that I wanted to, to go into and realize that, well, if there's the course selections that I want to take aren't there, why not just take the summer off? I was a little nervous because it would mean I would graduate one term later. Okay. And I was worried about the kind of job search process. But at the same time, I was like, I, this is a decision that I, I will regret it if I didn't take the time <laughs> for myself. And I, and I, I made the most of that summer. I, I studied French uh, in, in Quebec for a while. I, I did a bit of backpacking across Europe and there was, I wouldn't change it for the world. So that was kind of like one of these decisions where I was like, I won't regret it or will you regret it? And uh, I think I made the right choice. Sounds good. So, so you landed an offer at Deloitte, you ultimately started and then uh, yeah. What was your career path like there? Uh, what did you <laughs> like? What, well, we'll maybe leave out the parts you didn't like as much or <laughs> for each episode, uh, but what was that path? Uh, and then ultimately you're, you're in HP and in San Fran. So what was that trajectory like? Yeah, the, so um, once I got to the firm, you know, it, it was admittedly at the time, like it was my top firm. I met a bunch of folks at, at Deloitte and I really wanted to kind of get in there. And so I ultimately accepted the offer because I enjoyed kind of um, my interactions with folks and what I was learning from people. Um, and I did have the goal to to learn as much as I could. Same same thing growing up. Um, so I got in there and, and was able to kind of do some kind of IT strategy for about a year and a half, um, got an opportunity to do some um, large-scale transformation work uh, at, at the White Canada afterwards, um, ironically, with a whole bunch of consultants on, on the project at the time. And after that program, I uh, had the opportunity to, to transfer to consulting um, because I had worked with uh, the folks that were on, on, the, on the project for about two years. And after getting to consulting, did that for on and off probably like four or five additional years uh, before another inflection point of thinking about whether I want to go back to school, which may be another conversation. But um, there were I was fortunate that every couple of years there were kind of amazing opportunities that were presented themselves at the firm. And that's one of the things that kept me at the world for so long, because even though I was at the firm, I felt like I had multiple different jobs. Um, and I always said I'd stay until, um, you know, I, there's, there was something else that came up or, you know, I'd continue looking for the next opportunity within the firm. Um, and so I uh, did consulting for a number of years, uh, projects across strategy, operations, technology. Um, it was super, super interesting, learned so much. Had the opportunity to decide to go back to grad school. Had to decide whether I wanted to go back to grad school. Um, and after some decision, also similarly around the regret, because I'd been interested to um, go back to grad school, but I kind of put it off for a little bit because I was enjoying what I was doing at work. But um, decided to make that decision. Came back, had an opportunity to do more roles with this firm. I did a chief of staff role um, for a senior senior leader at, at Deloitte. I work for Deloitte University, our leadership development center. Those are like the a handful of all the roles that I got to do while I was at, at the firm before, um, before having the opportunity um, from a personal decision, my, my partner is down here um, and kind of got married and decided to figure out like, are we, are we going to live in Toronto for a bit? Are we going to live in the Bay area for a bit? And uh, you know, spend some time in Toronto and then decided to spend some time down, down here. 
Cool. It sounds like a whirlwind of activity that you know, <laughs> probably need a couple of episodes to dive into that. Um, but what I took from that is uh, lots of great experience moving around in, in a firm. Uh, ultimately, there was a, a, a need or want to do some extra education. So MBA felt like that that whole kind of regret decision again. Let, let's do it. And, and, and I assume the, the firm paid for most of it. Or all of it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was fortunate that the, a, lot, a lot of the firms have a sponsorship program that will right. will um, allow some of the, their consultants to go back to school on you know go to certain schools on a list, and so I was able to take part of that at, at Deloitte. Um, was was able to do that, come back, and and also kind of continue doing accelerate my career. Um, but you know, with the, the personal uh, choices, I was looking maybe I'll, I'll work it with with Deloitte US, and so. Mm-hmm. What was interesting was um, explored a bunch of different roles. I'd, I'd done like the chief of staff role I'd done was what's global, so I had an opportunity to kind of travel back when travel was more of a thing uh, around around uh, to different parts of, of the world during that time. And so it was really interesting. I was looking to kind of relocate to the U.S. But during the pandemic, um, it made things a little trickier. <laughs> so there was a decision point around what roles were available to me at the firm. And while I had relocated geographically to the SFA Bay area in, you know, the heart of Silicon Valley, really trying to think through what else, what else opportunities were there. And so there's some amazing opportunities that come up and I had difficult decisions to make at that point as well. Sounds good. So ultimately you landed a role at, at HP and now you're in your, your current role. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about kind of that, that journey uh, to, to, to land that and, and, and how you uh, ended up doing what you're doing now? Yeah. So as I was, so this was during the pandemic, so this, uh, several years ago, and I was thinking about, I had some conversations with folks at the US, um, and there was a couple of interesting roles that I was kind of interviewing with, um, trying to find my right, right fit at the firm. But at the same time, um, during that time, a lot of other tech companies had kind of reached out. And then I, I met some folks, even through the U of T network, um, just trying to learn the landscape down here. What, what it was like and you know where where some of the companies are located and had lots of coffee conversations to kind of learn about what's out there and so essentially this through conversations and opportunities I did a bunch of interviews didn't land a bunch of jobs uh, but was really trying to think about as I was interviewing myself for a job also interviewing the company to find out if that was a good fit because I had been with the library right. so long and I was used to a certain culture and certain opportunities and so really trying to find my fit somewhere else um, and and lucky for me um, there is a product management role that kind of fit with me around the future of work which I've done some future of work um, uh, efforts back when I was with Deloitte that it just seemed like a good fit for my experience, what they were looking for, the team that I met many, many, many interviews later, um, I had to make the decision whether or not I was going to join it. And I think it was the right, right decision. Sounds good. So it sounds like there's going to be a lot more uh, growth and and different things on the horizon. Um, So yeah, lots to look forward to. If you were to, to be able to go back and, and give uh, young Brian uh, different pieces <laughs> of swike, the stuff I wish I knew yeah. earlier. I, I don't know if it's in, in um, elementary, high school, university, or, or during, um, during work. What are some of the, the pieces of, of, of advice you give yourself? Yeah, um, I think one of the big ones I tell my, my real younger self is like, don't be so hard on yourself. Because I guess <laughs> being shy, I was always afraid of like, I guess maybe what people thought. Um, and so maybe, maybe being self-conscious about that stuff growing up. And so that was, you know, eventually had an opportunity to overcome it, but that was one of the things I would tell my, my real younger self. I think generally a couple of things that I would kind of think about, and I think it, it holds true even today, I would tell myself today, and hopefully I will remind myself uh, every day going forward, but like, we, we don't, you don't need to know all the answers, um, to things you're trying to figure out or wanting to do, or like even around your career or, or personal life. You just have to have an idea of what 
you like, what you don't like, um, and then and then test, right? Test your hypothesis. I, I think I want to do this, or I, I think I'd be interested in this. And then if you don't like it, that's great. Now you know, <laughs> you have a data point that you don't want to do this. Uh, that's kind of a really one, and it, hopefully it kind of encourages you know, young me to kind of move forward and take more chances. Uh, but, you know, talking to people also really helped. You know, I've talked to you before in the past, you know, we shared about things that we're interested in and things we're not, you know, at the firm, outside of the firm, hear their stories, you know, find out what people have done. And oftentimes people are like, oh, I know someone who's done that. And then you'd be surprised how small the world is getting connected and finding mentorship um, for folks who probably have taken that path you've been taken for. So, you know, having that conversation, talking to people, sharing, as well. And I think, I think that other, the last thing I think I'll, I'll, I'll leave as well is kind of getting outside your comfort zone. I think uh, no matter how much you research a topic, uh, an idea, or watch about it on YouTube or something, sometimes you just have to take a leap and do it. And I, and I find like, you know, when we're in these uncomfortable positions where you have to do something you've never done before, um, whether it's teaching a swimming lesson in front of eight, eight year olds or, or, or doing a presentation in front of these executives, these are like real growing opportunities. And once you get through them, they're usually not as bad as you think it is, um, but they're, they're incredible growth uh, milestones. Yeah, I mean, a lot of good, good insights in there. And, and what I took from that is, is that uh, don't be hard on yourself and then get out, out of your comfort zone kind of goes hand in hand, right? Where yeah. uh, if you're too shy and self-conscious, then you probably lose out on a whole bunch of opportunities that you could have otherwise. Absolutely. Like, like what if you decide to say yes to that instead of like, uh, um, deciding not to, right? So that is one where uh, it, it helps to um, get an understanding of, of what, like you said, what you don't like just as much yeah. as what you do like. So don't, don't be afraid to, uh, afraid to try. Um, I definitely like the, you don't uh, need to know all the answers because too many people only do something when they're ready, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes ready is, is all uh, dependent, right? It, it's not necessarily that you know everything. It could be just like a feeling or, or a sentiment versus having the entire knowledge and expertise to be able to do that. And, and, and definitely uh, we've connected a lot on, on the whole talking to people that the whole mentorship and sharing, like somebody who's done that already, like, like yeah. don't, don't reinvent the wheel, just, just ask someone else. And, and sometimes nobody's really done it, but, or you can piece together the stories of, of three or four people and then, and then carve out your own path. And when they did it, it was, it was a different world, a different uh, uh, um, set of circumstances, but at least you can uh, kind of extrapolate from all that. So I think that's, that's right. uh, a lot of amazing work. So uh, well, thanks uh, so much, Brian, for sharing. Uh, I would love to hear a little bit more. I don't know if you have some future aspirations that you're looking forward to, and then, and maybe if you're willing to have people to connect with you, like where, where can they find out about you? So what are some, some aspirations that, that you have upcoming? Yeah, um, great question. And I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> taking this, taking the same uh, approaches I'm telling my younger self and now my older self as well. Um, but, you know, I'm really enjoying the work I'm doing right now. You, we're just, you did a great recap earlier of kind of um, what I'm thinking about, but the, the whole future work bit, especially in tech as I'm working in it right now, that, that not having the answer, we ha I have to embrace that because we're in this you know, time where we're not actually sure where everything is changing. And so we, it doesn't mean you don't do anything. You can't wait till everything shakes out before you actually start deciding where you want to go. Um, so iterating, having a hypothesis and you know, taking a chance, talking to people, whether it's talking to other companies or whether it's talking to experts, it, it plays a lot. All of those things play into what I'm doing currently right now. So in this future work role, 
I'm really enjoying it. Um, education, I mentioned, has always been really, really near and dear to me as well. You know, and so uh, I, I work closely with our, our Future of Education team as well here at HP. And so really trying to think through from a societal impact perspective, not just the future work, but how, you know, the future of learning, the future of kind of career prep and what careers will exist moving forward and what technology we will need. If thinking of from a whole, um, a whole broader impact is kind of where I want to have my focus over the next little bit. And I think uh, the role that I have right now is like well-equipped to, to, to make me think around it. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds like a lot of interesting areas and, and definitely stuff that I'd be interested in, in learning about more as, as well. So Absolutely. thanks so much for sharing that. And if folks are interested to connect with you and learn more, is, is, is LinkedIn the best place or, or how? Yeah, link, 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 LinkedIn would be the best, best place to reach out and connect and I'm happy to chat. I've always met great and interesting people. That's perfect. So uh, thanks so much, Brian, for, for sharing your story. And then hopefully we'll uh, deep dive into uh, some of these other topics that we talked about. And we'll hopefully have you back for a future episode. Uh, happy to. Thanks for having me, Lucky. This, this, this was fun. <laughs> thanks, Brian. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.